This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Welcome back. This is TMA from the Brown and Crouppen Studios, or Michelob Ultra Studios, presented by Brown and Crouppen. Hell, Doug, I don't know. No. They have a new sponsor, and I just botch it just like that? Well, try it again. Okay. Welcome back to TMA, presented by Brown and Crouppen. Good. New sponsor announced this week. We're in the Michelob Ultra Studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. If you're watching on YouTube, Doug is on top of me. I'm not. But I'm on YouTube, you are. Oh. I'm just sitting here. To my right. Okay. Uh, and then uh, directly across from me, both on YouTube and uh, on uh, in this Michelob Ultra studio, is Darren Atkins. You know him as the Peoria Plowboy. Mm-hmm. And then on my left, Caddy Corner on YouTube, is, is Ken Strode, but it's Where is he? It's an empty chair. Oh. He's, he's smoking in a garage. <laughs> and Jackson Burkett, uh, who goes by Piddles, is in the Horton Watkins studios, but on our phone lines, it is an absolute pleasure. Nay, honor. You like that, Doug, when somebody says they correct themselves and oh, they say nay, it's okay in this honor yeah. to welcome the great Chris Domino to our little nitwit radio program. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Timothy. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's so great to hear your voice, and I know you are full of knowledge, and that's rare on this show. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to tip the scales too much for all of a sudden you have to explain well, what the hell was that guy doing today? What was he talking about? I don't want you to have to answer to anything that I might say today. Oh, that's my ultimate goal. And by the way, I haven't had a nay in an introduction in quite a while. Yes! Yeah, nice to have that. Nice. How, great nice. how great is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's nice to know that... Uh, it's nice to know that there's still smoking going on uh, sometimes during a radio broadcast. Yep, that's correct. Iggy has made a return from his smoke break. Uh, Iggy, you want to say hello what to up, Chris? What up, Chris? How you been, buddy? Iggy, how are you? Good, man. What years Good. were you on KFNS in St. Louis? We were that's guessing 2004 to 2007. That was our that no. was our guess. No, no. And I'll tell you how I know. This is God's honest truth. I started in September of 06. Oh, wow. And they you won the World, World Series. Series. And wow. I was in the building... To all of them, including at patios when they won, and I tell this story all the time, I swear to God, I had a beer that night with a 20-year-old guy and an 80-year-old guy, and I watched people come downtown from watching that last game and just start hanging out. It was it was really incredible. We did a pregame show from patios, went into the game, came back out, and it was, you know, it's a, a real celebration, and it was calm, and it wasn't set anything on fire. <laughs> And I thought the team did a great thing. I don't know if you remember. They let people get into the building and take a picture yeah, of the scoreboard. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that, I started in September of 06. 
And I got lucky in a lot of ways because, you, you know, when you go to a place that's, you know, established and everything, uh, I told people, I think you remember this, Tim, I'm not a Cardinals fan, I'm not a Rams fan, but I knew the GM. Uh, I know a couple of guys who played for the Rams because it ties to Atlanta. I kind of knew baseball in the Cardinals organization because of spring training and being around for a long time. And I think that honesty helped. And then all of a sudden I got so lucky. Tony DeRusa sort of gave me a blessing on the air. Costas mm. gave me a blessing on oh, the wow. air. And then Albert did something with me where a lot of people said, well, he's probably not going to – he didn't know me, but he knew me from being in the clubhouse uh, again in spring training when he was in Atlanta. And he did a sit-down with me. And all of a sudden it, it sort of worked. And, and I really enjoyed it. The people were really, really nice to me. The only thing I really didn't understand, I'm trying to think now, so that was six, 17 years ago. I was like 43 years old, and everybody keeps asking me what high school I went to. Oh, yeah. Doug. Which one was it? <laughs> yeah, I was, aren't you from New York? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, New Jersey at that point. Jersey. I mean, you listen to me. Where'd you think I was from? I mean, I didn't really understand. What, <laughs> Don't what sound like South County here. We, yeah. You know, we were, we were all, this is, which is a compliment to you. We were trying to figure out how old you were because looking yeah. at your picture we're like god he could be like right in my wheelhouse i'm i'm 47 yeah. now no or you could so so i guess that means you're 60 if i just did the math correctly turning, turning 61 in a in a month and a half boy you look good look at you what are you doing kid? what's yeah. the secret uh <laughs> oh it's certainly not having 20 and 18 year old daughters i'll give you this <laughs> i i spent 54 years of my life never being tired my oldest daughter turned 14 i started to get tired i spent 59 years Never taking a pill. I'm literally on three pills a day minimum now. Nice. That's, that's what the teenage. You you better get prepared for this. How old is yours now? Well, I got, I got a six and a one year old, so I'm uh, I'm in the top of the first inning, brother. Oh, 14. <laughs> uh, they've come back. You know, they're 20 and 18. They're actually at the same college, which which is kind of nice. Um, they like me. I like them. But there's there's that time there where my anxiety. Like, I literally am taking a pill every morning. I got a pill every morning, and I look at it and go, that's the teenage daughter pill. That's what I call it. <laughs> I guess on this show, we've had nothing but sons. The cat had really? a son. Doug's three sons. I have two sons. Yeah. We, 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 breed, we, we breed gentlemen on this yeah. show, Doug. You like that? That's another shirt waiting to happen. gentlemen. <laughs> Clip that off. It's, it's different. Social media is really the thing. Again, I don't know what it's going to be with your sons or what how old everybody is, but social media was the game changer. You know, I bet. It could have been used for much more good. Uh, I, my daughter at a Halloween party, good kid, good grades, dressed up a little bit, the picture's up, and all of a sudden I said, if I could walk in the traffic right now, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine it's different being the father of a teenage daughter than, uh, than a son, certainly. So you're doing middays uh, in Atlanta now. Yeah. And you've yeah. been doing tw- 23 years in Atlanta? Is that the deal? Is that what I read 30. correctly? 30 now. Oh, the 30. bio I saw was outdated. Yeah. So you were a caller? And that's the I history? Was. I had no idea about this when you came to KFNS. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Scott Farrell? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is he, he's still Scotty? doing stuff, right? Isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's yes. got that great voice. He's got that voice. He's got that great voice. Yeah. He was in Kansas City for a while. I, uh, I moved here in uh, July 93. The phone had been around. I got my, like everybody, your first cell phone, and I was stuck in traffic because I was a chiropractic student. And I called him one day, and then I called maybe three weeks later, and about three weeks after that. And a PD came down from New York, Philadelphia, said, I'm looking for something, I don't know what it is. Pharrell's producer said, there's a guy who calls. We have no idea who he is, what his name is. 
but it's fairly entertaining. I hung up on Pharrell. I thought he made a ridiculous point. His producer thought that was fabulous. And then next thing you know, they brought me in on a Sunday night with four other guys uh, for, I guess, what was a three-hour show. Is that an audition, I guess, at that point? Maybe yeah, is. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to school full-time, worked full-time, and then I went to the... Uh, I have $50,000 hands, as my wife says, that do nothing for her. I was chiropractic school for a while. But I left as a student in good standing to cover the Braves after they won the World Series in 96, down in spring training for seven weeks. Never went back to school, and then it was full-time, full-time from that point on. How about that? The whole thing is crazy. And I met my wife through radio and... You know, how, how I ended up in Atlanta as a Jersey kid, I'm not even sure. But. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. But that show, Atlanta certainly a transient city versus St. Yeah. Louis being as provincial, yeah. which is why I was about to say, in all of my years doing television and radio in St. Louis, and also as a lifelong St. Louis, and mm-hmm. like most of the people in broadcasting right. in St. Louis, were from St. Louis. So it was a great compliment to you, and I say this sincerely, that somebody from outside the market gained the respect of incredibility, Chris, that, that you that you had when you were doing your show, that was that was that was rare. Uh, but people yeah, appreciated the the work you did. People were real nice to me. You know, I don't want to remember Tim. I would come up about five or six days a month. Yep, I make did. sure the Cardinals were in town. I make sure the Rams were in town. Uh, the Blues were in town, and it was probably five or six days a month. And you know, we had young kids, and my wife was all for it. She just said, "Look, you seem to enjoy it. You're getting a scratch and itch in a town that." Certainly it was baseball town, but knowing the Rams stuff, you know, hoping that they could sort of go back to what they were a handful of years before that, that right. was exciting to, to be around two different teams. It, re- it really worked for me in a lot of ways in that regard. So you were doing mornings in Atlanta and middays in St. Louis, yeah, is that right? that's exactly it. So that's how many exactly how many right. hours a day were you on the air? Five or six? Five. Five? Um, maybe a little bit of a time it was six. It was four in Atlanta for a little bit, two in, two in St. Louis, three maybe in Atlanta for a part. So it was five or six a day. That's a lot of talking. Oh, Don't you yeah. just get tired of talking? And then, like, and you're having to cover like seven, eight teams when you're including all the Atlanta teams and St. Louis teams at the time. That's a lot. You know, you know what the good news is, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I, I there are certain buzzwords like receipts now has become a little bit Ooh, nice for me. Doug keeps receipts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I love the. Listen, I'm Italian. I keep them quietly to most people. Like our 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 thing is, why would I warn you it's coming? Like in the Italian world, I don't want you to, I want oh, you to look over your shoulder all the time. You're not connected, are you? <laughs> ah, he's just going to pop you in the head. You don't even know what's coming, Doug. You don't know what's coming. That's the beauty of being Italian. But I'm not a – I don't think – I think the word now that bothers me a little bit is people talk about covering teams. I know the difference between covering a team and following a team. Yeah. Like I cover – I don't cover the University of Georgia. I follow the University of Georgia. I have a couple of people I can call. We certainly have people on who can give me information. We have the coaches press conference, but I don't cover them. I, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit disappointed that it just becomes easy in a world of flippantly talking about all that you do in covering teams. I follow them. Now, do I have a little bit more than most guys watching on TV? Yes. But I also feel that there's a good in that, in that I can ride a wave. I can root. I, I, I choose who I like and I don't like. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that feeling of not being that embedded where all of a sudden you have to think about what it is you're going to say. I mean, I'm sure like you, you probably got called into every principal's office in in that town. I've gotten called into every principal's office, people thinking that was unfair. I'll talk it out with you. I'm not a cheap shot guy. I like to think I deal from the top of the deck. If I don't like you, I'll tell you before I say something. But I'm sure you've had to deal with, there's rabbit ears, and there's so much social media 
I'm not sure why teams would care ultimately what somebody says, but it, but it has happened over the years. Yeah, that does happen. That does that does happen. And you're right. There's a difference between covering a team and following a team. And certainly right. now it's it's way more following for me anyway than than covering. Yeah. And I think that's the way that it is across the board. What is what is in Atlanta where you have a team as great as the Atlanta Braves were this yeah. year, uh, mm-hmm. and of course an NFL team which is different now in St. Louis. Mm-hmm and an NBA team, and uh, the number one or two, depending on your perspective, uh-huh. college football team. Uh, what What is the pecking order of interest when you're doing your show? And I, I realize, you know, it's question. seasonal, but what, what are people into, especially with it being a transient city? Yes, great question. And and it's funny because you find that if you hear enough. I, I raised my kids. My kids were all Atlanta kids. They didn't care who I were for, and I didn't think they would care anyway. But they're Atlanta kids. And I think now we finally have that generation here where there is a lot more of that. You know, pro sports came here basically in 66. And it's been enough time. But when you have a transient city, people bring their wants, needs, and emotions. I think we're at a point now where some of that is settled, where this is now a sports town that will have a chance to have their own fan base. Braves, when they're hot, is it. Um, Falcons, when they're hot, gets crazy hot. But the cool down is incredible. The variance in temperatures with the Falcons, because it gets from pissed off to apathy pretty quickly. Yeah, and apathy is worse than pissed off. I assume it's apathy right now with the Falcons. Yes. It is okay. Yes. Yeah, it feels. Look, I, again, it's a terrible thing to say. I did Falcons pre and post for about ten years, but two plus years ago, two plus seasons ago, I told my partner, I said, "You can talk about them all you want on Monday. You can talk about them on Wednesday and Friday. I'm just telling you that I don't have an expectation." So if you're asking me to get amped up about something, unless it's really something to get amped up about, I'm not in. they got cap problems. they got quarterback problems. When I asked Sean Watson, terrible that this quarterback changes at least the story. I root for storylines. I have storylines now with them. I just don't have a very good football team. I'm more into it this year than the last two years. The last two years, I just put it on the table. I, I'm not expecting much, so don't expect me to get hot and bothered by anything that, that goes wrong. Mm. This year, I feel a little bit more hot and bothered. And now we got a quarterback change, so at least there's a storyline in a really, really terrible division that we're going to try to win by attrition. I'll at least feel it. I'll at least feel compelled by that. I just haven't been compelled the last couple of years. Doug, former Battlehawk Taylor Heineke is now the, right. the quarterback Chris is uh, covering. We've had a lot year. to get excited about in college football there. No doubt. And, and can I ask, you know, you guys are the perfect guys to ask. I mean, perfect. This is so, I was thinking about this on Sunday. So Georgia's got back-to-back national championships. They've won 23 games in a row at home. They're certainly, by the college football rankings, if you believe that, or any other metric, they're certainly in it to win another championship this year with a different quarterback, which makes it an incredible story with all the guys who have been drafted. On top of that, I don't think this team is getting any of the buzz. And I'm in the middle of it. I don't think they're getting any of the buzz of what the hell that accomplishment is in a world of transfer portals, NIL, and everything else be back-to-back national champion and still be in it in the third year with this much football left to play. I, I don't, does it matter up there? Does anybody care up there that this is happening so, in college football? So, it's, so it's, it's intriguing to me, Chris. TMA is certainly a different kind of show, you know. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, and sure. so we do, I don't even know, to 25 to 50% depending on the day sports. When I do the show on 101 ESPN, what that that's you know, that would be more comparable to to your station in Atlanta and sports fans. And what struck me last year, because we'd have some sponsored Missouri segments, both for football and basketball, when we would talk 
Missouri, it wasn't people getting angry. It wasn't people getting excited. It was mm-hmm. nothing. It sounds like similar to what you're talking about when the Falcons go from bad to right. irrelevant. It was apathy. This year, and I think I mentioned this uh, with, with Jackson a couple of days ago, what I've noticed is people who aren't Missouri fans are now starting to pay attention, either rooting mm-hmm. against them because they know some of us on the show are fans and they just want to see us, you know, miserable, which is the way it works, which is fine. Uh, or or they're getting excited about the possibility because they are playing this incredible powerhouse that I do think, getting back to what your, your focal point of your question was, that if it were Nick Saban doing this, I think it would be getting more attention. I don't know why right. that is because it's not like Georgia's some random uh, but but I, I feel like for whatever reason it isn't getting as much attention as it should, considering the streak, the conference in which they have the streak, and then also the teams that they have had to beat in the college football playoff to get there. And so I do think that it that it's kind of flying under the radar relative to the sustained greatness. So the only thing I can come up with is time is always a factor in. You know, again, like we see, it's the word legacy. Every for whatever reason, everybody had to have a legacy. We had to figure out what somebody's legacy was. If they were 25 or 48, if we don't know what their legacy is today, oh my God, we failed society. I think there's a time factor with this, but I will tell you, here's what I believe. After covering, and I came from a NFL place, and I said about 15 years ago, I lost my my credibility card with some of my buddies up north because I like Saturdays better than Sundays. Oh, I just do. Nice. Storylines are better. There are no upsets in the NFL. There are wins and losses. There are upsets in college football. There's storm in the field in college football. There's hot seats that are different. There's now NIL and boosters and money that the NFL doesn't have. It's, it's a thousand times more intriguing than the NFL. I think it's much, much harder to win consistently today than it's ever been because of NIL, transfer portals, collectives. Uh, I think there's you know more skullduggery. It's just not done the way that it used to be. You know this is this is high tech skullduggery. This is no fifty dollar handshakes. This is you can drive the car to the kid's house with the money in the back seat. Invite everybody from the NCAA to to watch you hand them the keys, right. and nobody does anything about it anymore. It's a crazy time, and this team all they keep doing is winning. Yeah. And it's hard to be perfect. It, 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 you're, you're exactly right. It's a totally different uh, set of circumstances than, say, what Tom Osborne and Bobby Bowden and, and Steve Spurrier were doing in the 1990s. Yep. Uh, and it's just now a different SEC school, but it's a different climate for an SEC school to do it. I don't know why. It felt like they were looking for a reason to put somebody else at the top this past Tuesday with mm-hmm. Ohio State. If you're looking at the short-term resume this year, certainly I think everybody would agree that Ohio State's done more, but my understanding is the committee's responsibility is to go, who do you think the best team is, and then order it from that point forward. And Ohio State may be the best team. They have a hell of a defense. But I think the thing that maybe flies under the radar is Georgia actually has a pretty damn good offense this year in addition to that defense that they've become known for. What, I, what I've been wondering, and some Georgia fans listen to our show, is mm-hmm. is the perspective in Atlanta and in Athens and throughout Georgia that this team is not as good as the previous two? That's what, we, that's what yeah. I, I, I keep reading, but I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I don't think they can be as good because when you when you talk about the talent, the NFL talent, uh, but here's what I think different about them. Uh, the, the scoring is fine, as you said. They've got off to slow starts, and, and if we'll touch on the Missouri game in a second, I'll tell you what, I'm a little bit nervous about it, but I can tell you, if you want to know what Georgia is, I went on social media, and whether you like college football, it's a TV show. 
They have uh, X amount of TV shows. The 13 Anointed go to a ridiculous place in Texas, and they come out like they're bringing the, you know, the, the, the catalyst down the mountain. To, to, you know, Boo Corrigan is going to tell me nothing. But, but we listen at least for a minute. Do you know what the University of Georgia had on their social media on Tuesday? Mm-mm. Not one bit of acknowledgement about the college football class. Not one. They had a padded practice. They had a picture from practice. I'm watching everybody else. Hey, we're five. Hey, we're two. Let's get angry. Let's be happy. They didn't even acknowledge it, its existence, and that is one of the bigger differences to me. That's look. It, it's social media. You try to put out whatever message you want, but I do think it's the mindset. Who cares? We got a game against Missouri. We defend home, 23 in a row at home. You know how you're not ranked two. You know how you're not ranked four. Lose at home. Because the committee, Boo Corrigan and company, the one thing I know they can come out and say is, if you lose at home, especially as a favorite, you're going to pay a price. Everything else is just sort of, as I said yesterday, war Jenga. It's just war Jenga. Mm-hmm. You get to the next week where Boo Corrigan will tell me something that he thinks is, is an epiphany. I wonder if Georgia might not get the, the buzz that they think they deserve. Just because unlike the pro game, everywhere in the country there's a region where they – they have a football team that they yeah. love. You know, there's people in Washington and Oregon who think they're just as mm-hmm. good as Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan and Texas and LSU. They, they've all got their own teams that they're worried about and think yeah. maybe they're just as good as Georgia. Maybe that's why they don't tip their hat maybe like they should. Yeah, and, and again, being second, being, you know, look, if you're fourth, you know that you have less margin of error than you won. That's why it kind of matters. So Florida State, it's only November, but they have to worry a little bit because four means in a bad conference – they might have to go undefeated yeah. to actually stay in the top four. Georgia might not have to go undefeated. Ohio State might not. Michigan. So I get the, the movement. You're right about that. There are people who believe whatever it is they want to believe about their team. But at the end of the day, in the world of the last year of the four, it, it really is interesting because all I keep reading is everybody says, oh, but if it was 12, this is what it would be. We're coming. It's coming. Um, I, I just got to line them up and knock them down. That's what Georgia has done. You line them up and knock them down. You find a way to win. Uh, there, there is something about, again, undefeated is hard. No slip-ups is hard. Uh, I just don't think, again, I don't care about the number two ranking. I'm not pimping for them to be anything on that list. I just think nationally it's kind of amazing to me that I just remember in 85 with Nebraska or Tommy Frazier, it felt in a world where there was no social media, fewer networks, less sports talk shows. It just felt bigger. Oh, yeah. Right now with the University of Georgia, and that's kind of strange to me. I do, agree, I do agree with that. I don't know. Maybe because so far this season, I guess the, the, they, they, they haven't had a, a signature game. I mean, last year, didn't they open up against Florida. Oregon and beat the hell out of them? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then yeah. at this point, it's been, okay, Kentucky's the big game. And then they just blow them off the field. Okay, let's see if Florida can do anything. And then within the first, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes of the game, you're like, that isn't going to happen. No. So I, 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 maybe there isn't any drama. And then Kirby Smart just kind of does things without, yeah, you know. He's not the, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, or, or not, even Saban yeah. being grumpy no, or right. coming after people. So I, I wonder if that contributes to it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I do think, and I can tell you this, and this is not because I'm on with you guys. When I looked at the schedule, the Florida thing was, okay, they had slow first halves. What are they going to do? They beat them up, and that was fine. But I thought Missouri, and I, I probably slided uh, the tires a little bit, I, I kind of thought that this was sort of the mutter game. You know, Georgia doesn't cover, by the way. You know, they're not a cover team. They covered against Florida. I think they covered against Kentucky. But I think they're 2-4-1. Mm. Kirby doesn't give six rips. He's not out there, you know, uh, to scoreboard uh, pimp. But I thought Missouri was going to be the game that, because of last year, and I don't know if you guys read this yet this week, there were a couple of players that came out and said, 
in large part, that game against Missouri was the best thing that ever happened to him. Best yeah. thing that happened to him going on in that season to figure out a way to win that football game. Uh, they, it's been duly noted this week because obviously it's coming up again, but it was duly noted that going on the road and winning that game the way they did in the fourth quarter was maybe singularly the best thing that happened to that team. I think this year, you guys certainly, with a quarterback who's been around, a really good receiver, really good running back, you guys have an opportunity to come in here and do what I think other people couldn't do, which is stand up, not punch this team. At the time. You know, I'm not talking playing dirty, but, but give them a nut punch once in a while and let them know that you're here and you're not going to go away for four quarters. I think more than anybody on the schedule, this team has a chance to do that. Oh, how about that, Doug? Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. I'm sure they're shaking in their boots down there. They don't want anything to do with this Missouri <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, can I ask the big what, – what, what does expanding or all of this conference stuff – I know Timmy said sort of it was that, that, you know, you could hear the tree fall because nobody was really in the woods giving a crap about the tree when it comes to some of the Missouri stuff. Is there talk of, is there any, like you're happier in the SEC after all these years and everything that's going on with the Big Ten and the SEC? Is there any kind of buzz about stuff like that? I think for hardcore Missouri fans, it has a 90% approval rating. Okay. Uh, And on this side of the state in particular, and on the other side of the state in Kansas City, I think they loved having the Kansas and Kansas State and even to an Mm -hmm. extent Nebraska rivalries and the constant of that. Of course, Nebraska left for the Big Ten before Missouri left for the SEC. But now that you've seen things play out, even though I was all for the SEC thing a decade ago, uh, I I don't know how you couldn't be happy that you wound up in this spot, because if not, you would be in that mishmash of of the Big 12. I think the thing that keeps getting thrown by people who just don't like Missouri or don't care. Well, they don't have a chance in the SEC, but Missouri has been to the SEC championship game twice, and and it's like, how do you ignore that? And plenty of schools have not been to the SEC championship, I think the majority probably, since Missouri Missouri has entered the conference in 2012. So from both a financial standpoint and the current landscape standpoint, I don't know how you couldn't want to be in the SEC. Uh, So it does, I think it has a 90% approval rate. If you're a fan, you better want stability. If you have stability, you're in a better place than a lot of people. And that's that should be part of your fan. Okay, I know where I am. I'm settled there. It's funny because you mentioned those two SEC championship appearances. Go look what Georgia did during that time. Missouri got to the SEC championship at a better pace than, than, than Georgia did. My only thing with Missouri, it's still this many years later, it doesn't feel like an SEC school. And that's just being down here and, you know, oh, I've been to South Carolina, but I haven't been up there. Uh, I, I will readily admit I've not been to a Missouri game, and it almost feels like it's so far away where the style of play feels much more Midwest, and that's that's unfair this year because you guys can do some things well, uh, offensively that people in the SEC have been doing. But I think, and, and, you're, and you're right, when you talk about culturally, and I've talked about this a little time, which is why I know Tom Osborne, it's a famous quote that a lot of older Missouri fans hold on to, that calling Missouri a sleeping giant, and the logic being you're the only school in the state at that level with two major metropolitan areas on either side of the state, that it has the uh, ingredients to be a powerhouse, but it just hasn't happened consistently. There have been blips, but it hasn't happened consistently. And so, therefore, Kansas Cityans focus on the Chiefs, and when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's certainly understandable. St. Louisans focus on either the Cardinals or the Blues. And Uh unlike if you're in take your pick of whatever SEC state, where everybody is a fan of one of the programs, or if there is only one program, the program in St. Louis, and I think in Kansas City, it's kind of like, 
oh, you know, well, I, I didn't go to school there, so I don't care. But in, in the other SEC states, I feel like it doesn't matter that you didn't go to school there. That is your team. And so it just hasn't established itself as a part of the fabric of the sports culture like those other schools in the SEC. Can I give you the best news if you're holding on to that Tom Osborne quote? That was the University of Georgia. They hadn't won a national title in 41 years. You know, they were in good years You go, okay, maybe they got a shot, and then they didn't win. And there were other years when nine and three, you just go, okay, that's what they are. Uh, 41 years. And I'm not telling you Missouri's going to turn into what Georgia's done, but it, it can happen. Like, Georgia was the school that everybody looked at and said, why isn't this happening? Why are you not getting over the top? Well, Kirby Smart, whether it was the Alabama ties or something else, whether it was, you know, the first day he got here, he said, we're going to get bigger offensive linemen. And then whatever it was you know, on his list after that, it's worked to the level of 23 in a row at home, two-time national champion, and, and, and certainly being a team that everybody knows could win in the third year after I think 15-plus players went to the NFL. So it, it can. It just has to. So many things have to line up. Right. It's, 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 if you're one thing, like what's the collective up there? Does anybody talk about NIL and who's paying it. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Ryan okay. Wingo, the five-star receiver, the, I mean, a week ago made his announcement, and I think 90% of the people, if not more, Chris, thought he was going to go to the University of Missouri, and then a major surprise okay. announced he was going to go to Texas. And then five minutes after he announced, his dad said, well, he's still going to accept recruiting from Missouri, so you never know. Signing day is not till December 20th. <laughs> Uh, so that was odd, but that got a lot of attention because he's a five-star receiver here in St. Louis. But that has been one of the signature elements of Missouri being able to get uh, some of this talent is because Missouri has a, uh, a law that allows NIL to get paid yeah. if you are from in-state. You get paid before if you go out of state. So you can get paid while you're in high school, and that's a, a huge advantage. We just, we just actually, that's that's in Georgia. They no, that's now in Georgia? Okay, now the advantage, well, Doug, said, is now it, it, isn't, it isn't official yet but it's going to be down to the high school level uh, if it's an in-state thing. And I'm sure there's an addendum or two. You know, I sort of, I read this stuff and I go, all right, let me know because people are going to be fighting about it. $95 and a walk to the courthouse and somebody's going to sue somebody about it. But at the end of the day, you, you, you better know where your pocket of money comes from. And, and it was funny. Ryan Dave might've been the first guy who said a year and a half ago, I need $13 million. Like this is so incredible to me. The movie one-on-one -on -one with Robbie Benson, I think he got a Z. Uh, he might have got a, a, a Datsun 280Z. And that was like, oh, God. And then he got, you know, the $200 for his tickets. Uh, it, it's so comical to me now to think about Reggie Bush and his parents living in an apartment or whatever right. the hell got one right. on. Uh, we start to stack up the things that people have lost, championships and trophies and everything else. And it's it's... It's the wild, wild west. It's exactly like you look back just even a decade ago, the way gambling was treated, and now gambling right. is advertised everywhere, and, and the spreads are all over the place. It, it has changed uh, incredibly in a, in a short period of time with the NIL. Uh, I'm curious what uh, the, the, the mindset is of fans and that team with regards to uh, this game on Saturday. Yeah. For real, if Missouri were to win this, it oh. would be their biggest win for Missouri football uh, in my lifetime, and I include them beating Kansas in 2007 to become the number one team in the country uh, because of how big of a surprise it would be and also because of how powerful Georgia is and what it could mean for the program. They still would have work to do. Uh, what is the mindset in Atlanta and in Athens with regards to this game? Last year was, it's talked about, you know, how they had to win that game. Again, road game versus home. Uh, should be a little bit different in that regard, but I 
I don't say it's panic, but I think it's kind of amazing that you think about what they've done. And this is, if it's not a hard playoff game, it's certainly a soft playoff game. It, it could be a loser go home in a lot of ways. And Tim, it's interesting. I, I ranked 12th. Was that the Missouri yeah. yep. sort of, this is a nationally big game, but it's not even the biggest game in the conference this weekend because right. of Alabama LSU. I think Georgia fans know what it is. Lose, you don't have to go home, but you got a problem. Uh, so I think there's there's a trepidation with the end of the schedule. And Brock Bowers being out, I think, is the big thing. Because let me tell you something. I, I was worried about it with Florida. I'm glad it didn't happen. Playing them close, one, one-and-a-half score game, or, God forbid, trailing in the fourth quarter without your best player, the guy that will make the best play of the day, not being here, Georgia fans are aware of that. Now, the Florida thing sort of appeased or settled it down a little bit. You put up 40-plus neutral field against a desperate team in Florida. But if you play Missouri close and you need a big play, you don't have your best playmaker. And I think that's a real conscious thing for Georgia fans coming into this game. And I, and I just think, again, with Missouri, this is a better football team than probably Georgia fans know. But this is a marquee matchup. I'll ask you, as a 12-team, if you're playing at home, and I, I do 10 goalposts, I have a 10-goalpost rule, who should storm the field and who shouldn't? <laughs> Kansas should have stormed the field against Oklahoma. Again, I, it, it's ridiculous that I think I'm judge jury on this thing, but I do think I am. If Missouri was playing Georgia at home as a 12th-ranked team and they won this game, I'm assuming the field is stormed and it's done enthusiastically. Yes, no, mm-hmm. no question about it. As a 12-team in the country. Like yes. you're not an underdog. underdog I, I, that, yeah, that I mean they're 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 a 15-point underdog. I, there's just okay. no question. And, and I also think that speaks to the mindset. And this is something I kind of hammered on yeah. my podcast this week. That there there has been a a mindset amongst Missouri fans. And I mean, you were here, and, and you were here for the mm-hmm. 2007 yeah. team that, that yeah. did become number one in the country. So you were here yeah. for that moment yeah. in time. That oh you know it'll be an eight win nine win season that's a good year, mm-hmm. and I understand that. But you don't it, it, in Columbia, Missouri. You don't get these opportunities right. often to go up against the number one or two. Either way, two time defending yeah. national champion on CBS at two thirty with a chance to you know I was just talking to Kerry Davis who played for the Steelers and went to Illinois in our commercial mm-hmm. break at the top of the hour, and I said, what chance do you give him? And he goes, you know, I don't expect it. And I go, but if they were to do it. Uh, he goes, well, yeah, you got to give them major credit if they are able to go in there and do that because it's different to go to Georgia, a blue right. blood, and beat that team there. Yep. And that would capture the attention of people who at the moment are going, oh, Missouri's number 12. Oh, okay, you know, whatever. I figure they're going to lose to Georgia and Tennessee and maybe Florida because that's kind of what Missouri is. But they may be a really good team this year if you watch the LSU game, and I'm not saying that you should have, but they really should have won that game the very least, it was right there. And then they'd be an undefeated team. But even with right. that, I'm sure there'd still be skepticism. But locally, I think there's a combination of either skepticism or Missouri will inevitably get blown off the field by Georgia. And that is what is expected. So I don't think that people allow themselves to invest emotionally because they expect Missouri to let them down. All right. So you and I will be watching this game on a couch or on a bar, right? That is correct. What we think and feel doesn't matter. You know, what are they walking into this on Friday night? They're they're pregame whatever, and they're 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 twelve thirty walk around the field. I don't know the mentality of eighteen and twenty two year olds. I have two of them. You know, it, it fluctuates day to day. But mindset of the fan base doesn't matter. Like, oh, there's skepticism. Well, does the team feel that way? 
You know, what, what's the messaging from the coach? What's the messaging from your team leaders? What's the messaging of, we know this is a big deal, but we can handle a big deal. Like, we'll see that play out. Now, ball bounce one way, all of a sudden it works for you. Ball bounces the other way, right. now all of a sudden you have to make up for a mistake. I, I think what, what you guys have a capability of doing is probably holding on to the football long enough where Georgia doesn't get the extra attempts. Don't make a mistake and give them two extras. Don't, you know, I think Georgia, I don't know if I'm right about this. There's something about, you know, I was looking at goal line, uh, red zone defenses. Yep. And they're not good in the red zone, but, but they haven't had people in the red zone a lot. Right, that's the you know issue. I mean? like, yes. It's not like they've been pushed to the yeah, it's chicken to the and egg on that. line a bunch. Right. Right, that that that's the one weakness, and Missouri has been really good in, right. in the red zone. Missouri's had issues yeah. on third down, both uh, defensively and offensively. Uh, Missouri was on its way to potentially blowing LSU out, and LSU's season then spirals mm-hmm. when Brady Cook threw an interception. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like it's Brady Cook's fault. Brady Cook has been incredible this year. Brady Cook is one of the reasons why they're in the position they're in, but that turned the game, and so Missouri now gets a chance to play in a game with this kind of importance for the first time for any of these players uh, at this level, and probably the first time in a decade since they played Alabama down there in Atlanta in the SEC championship, and even then, if Missouri would have pulled that upset, they weren't going to go to the college football playoff. They already had two losses to Georgia and a random one to Indiana, so it wasn't going to happen. In this case, Chris, this is the first time in 25 years that Missouri is alive in a road game playing an opponent where both are playing for a conference championship yeah. still. It's, it's you got to go back to 1998 when they played at Texas A&M in the Big 12. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to say to, to fans, that this is not something to just go, okay, well, if they don't do it this year, maybe next year. These are rare. Guys graduate, they transfer, they go to the NFL, whatever the case might be. But in Athens, Georgia, I mean, this is just another Saturday. So what my hope is is that a miracle can be pulled off and then it can establish Missouri as a program so that maybe someday these are just another Saturday in, in St. Louis, Kansas City, and in, in Columbia. But I recognize it's not necessarily likely. I'm just hopeful. You can't treat this like it's wrestling where you're going to get another shot at the belt in three weeks. Yeah. Here comes SummerSlam. I'm going to get a shot at the belt. <laughs> it is rare. You're right. It's rare where you're lined up and the guy's right in front of you. I don't know this team enough. Your guys. Can I make a prediction as to what will happen early in this game? We want a prediction. Sure. Okay. I think you're going to see that first, second, or third play where you're going to go over the top and try to beat a DB, and you're going to try. Look, Brady Cook throws an interception against LSU. We say it all the time. Oh, did you learn from that? What I don't want you to do is be gun-shy. Yeah. You can't go into these types of games gun-shy. If I'm Drinkwitz, if I'm that team, you know, the Georgia DBs, they're, they're aggressive. They want to make plays closer to the line of scrimmage. They can go backwards, but but they can certainly go forward and hit you. I think extremely early, first, second, third play, take the top off. Just just try to either quiet the crowd or let them know that we are not in here, not to punch. Like this, I know the game, you probably want to control clock. Uh, that goes against it. But early in a football game, I think if you want to show that you're down there to win, uh, if you're here in Athens to win, if you're here to quiet a crowd, I think you got a receiver. I think you got a quarterback. I think you absolutely have as good a shot take ability as anybody that George has played this year. Yeah, Speedy Johnson, Doug, mm-hmm. go deep to Speedy Johnson. They're mm-hmm. focused on Burden, Speedy Johnson. I agree with that. I, you lose by forty, you lose by three, right. and I know a lot of Missouri right. fans are like, oh, that just shows that they've already established the program has made progress. You beat a coin flip game, K State. K State could wind up winning the Big Twelve. They have a test this weekend in Austin. Uh, you beat Kentucky at Kentucky, beat the hell out of them. You've already and you hung with LSU and what could 
could wind up being the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. You lose by 40, you don't go, wow, the program took a step back. Take your shot. They're not going to hand it to you. you got to take your shot, and then you can be the team that went down there. They're they're talking about 25 years from now. Remember in 2023, they beat the defending national champions and halted their win streak in their building, and that lives forever. Take your shot. Nobody remembers the team that only lost by 10. Take your shot. I agree with you, man, big time. You have a chance. You have a Look, I don't want to get B-movie cliched here. Um, but we've all seen people who sort of didn't, they shot away from greatness. Um, I'd rather lose close, um, all that crap that every once in a while, look again, it's stability. You, you get to keep your job. Uh, I've watched sports for 30 plus years where taking the air out of the ball keeps me my job. I don't get blown out. That's in all sports. I've seen it. You know, the game evolves, the game changes. If you're not ruined. In my opinion, if you're not willing to stand up to sort of this moment and go, okay, I, I'm not changing who I am, but I have a wrinkle. My wrinkle might be my attitude. My wrinkle might be this is a little bit different this year. I'm not afraid of you. you know, we, you've seen it. You watch boxing. I, I've seen guys walk into the ring. This guy's got no chance. Oh, yeah. He hasn't yeah. broken a sweat. Michael Spinks, Mike Tyson. I, could, I saw before they even uh, began the first no round. Doubt. I'm like, oh, my God, Michael Spinks is petrified, and he was gone That's in 91 seconds. Tim, I say it all the time. The guy didn't have a drop of sweat on him. He wasn't there to fight. He was there to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up his paycheck. Yep, yep. That was an example right there. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so take your... One thing that I'll say, and I haven't listened to... I was listening to Reese Davis and Pete Thamel's podcast this morning driving here to the station, and they were kind of laughing, you know, because they've already kind of got, you know, Georgia, they'll have to deal with Ole Miss, and then they got to go to Knoxville, and then we'll see what they do against Alabama or LSU. And then Reese Davis goes, but Eli Drinkwitz continues to call us and tell us you guys are overlooking this Saturday. You keep overlooking us, and I and I like that. I like that that he's like, hey, we're not just we're not just going to get run over here. Everybody's kind of ignoring us. Fine, but we're here to win. I like that. I hope he carries that attitude into the game. How about Dave Doran? Yeah, he went and Steve Smith. All these guys keep getting upset at these uh, guys on the ESPN College Game Day. Ryan Day and Steve Smith and Dave Doran and uh, and they're going to do this game as a pick. Yep. And I'd imagine it's going to be four or five G's across of the course. board yep. on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And this, this bull, I almost said it. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to use it. The, no. the nonsense <laughs> of these coaches don't know or these coaches don't, that's ridiculous. There is somebody waiting for that to come up. They're going to screenshot it. They're going to bring it to your head coach, your position coaches. They're going to say, look at this. This, this idea of, you know, oh, wait, we're, they all know. And, and whether it gets you three points, six points, no points, whether it hypes you up and you lose the game because you got too excited, whatever. There's going to be five Georgia G's across the board when they make this pick. (laughs) And I guarantee, I guarantee, and you know it, that it it will be in everybody's back pocket if if Missouri ends up winning that game. And it will probably show up on Missouri social media. Yeah. Six and a half seconds after the game is over. <laughs> That's exactly right. Coaches, I mean, hey, Kirby Smart was the one. He was on the field last year after they beat the hell out of TSTCU. And he's going, nobody thought we could do it. We were being disrespected all year. I'm going, oh, my God, you were number one all year. But if, if that card works on working yeah. on the psychologies yeah. of 18 to 22-year-olds, yeah. then then play it. And clearly yeah. other guys are are following his lead. Chris, it's always great to talk. I mean, my God, I know you got a show to do, and I've kept you for 45 okay. minutes. Uh, it is uh, wonderful to talk it over with you and get your perspective. I was getting texts from some of our sponsors who remember you when you were at uh, KFNS and, and saying yeah. they uh, they Thanks. really enjoyed you then, and it's great to hear from you again now. Always knowledgeable, Anytime. Doug. Thank you very much. Listen, I really congratulations with everything. 
seriously, off the, the radio stuff and the TV stuff, congratulations with what everybody's got going on in their lives up there. It is interesting to be an adult, but then be more of an adult this many years later and be able to catch up. Amen, brother. Great to hear from you, Chris. Thanks Thank so much you. for taking Thank your time you. out this morning. That's uh, Chris. Right, thank Thanks, man. That's Chris Domino with us here. Uh, used to be with us at KFNS. Uh, has been in Atlanta now for 30 years. Great guy. Knowledgeable. Time. Not hesitant to give his opinion. Can back it up. Yeah. yeah. As I think about the Mizzou-Georgia game, the big concern I have for Missouri, and they don't have to worry about this in Georgia, is that the Tigers are more focused on academics than they are on football. Nice. We're the Dartmouth of the SEC, and I think everybody knows that. Say it. If you're going to get your communications degree or your PE degree, you got to get your head in the book. And I don't mean the playbook. I mean the textbook. And I think that might be where Mizzou's heads are at Saturday. When do they shut down journalism programs? Is it, <laughs> is it 20 years from now? Is it 30 years well, that's from a, now? i got to tell you. That's they could a shut it question. down now and no one would notice. <laughs> they could have shut it I'm down saying. when I was there also. I mean, so it's, yep. uh, yes. I have, Doug and I think, I feel like we had this conversation off here, but maybe it's going to be on the air too. I don't know. I don't know what the angle is of if you're majoring in that. Like, what's the plan? I guess somebody public, needs to step in. Public relations or our public relations people there are still advertising people. And that's part of journalism school. You yeah. need people to be journalism teachers. So, yeah. you need that. there you go. Yeah. But as for the actual journalist, <laughs> yuck. Uh, God almighty. Hey, uh, Michelob Ultra is the studio sponsor here on TMA. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. And we are very grateful for their support. And uh, you'll be able to enjoy some Michelob Ultras November 11th. It's St. Gabriel's a week from Saturday. It's TMA Trivia Night. And tables are now going fast. That's kind of the way that it works as it gets closer. Uh, go to TMASTL.com to get yours. You can buy a single ticket or a table of eight, or anything in between, tmastl.com for $45 per ticket. You get all of your AB products and all of your salt and smoke. Door is open at 6.30. Trivia underway at 7.30. A portion of the proceeds from the evening will go to St. Gabriel the Archangel School. It is TMA Trivia Night, November 11th at St. Gabriel. Uh, Mark Hanna was one of the sponsors who texted me when we were uh, talking it over with Chris Domino. Let's see, what did he write, Doug? Hold on, watch this. Bop, 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 bop. I guess maybe he texted into the text inbox, but uh, he said something along the lines of uh, how he really enjoyed when he was on the show. Yeah, here it is. I love Domino when he was on KFNS. He was so intelligent and interesting. It's great to hear him on again. Yeah, r- rarely in St. Louis. I mean, it has. it's happened. It's not like that was a one-off. But do you have somebody come in from outside the market who also clearly sounds, if you know your dialects, mm-hmm. like he's from the New York area, and people warmed up to him? But that's because he, he definitely knew his baseball, but you could tell he, he knew his stuff, and he cared, you know? So I always have enjoyed BSing yeah. with that guy. He's very good. Whether he could carry the water at an HD2 station, I don't, I don't know. That I know, and I, and, I, and I felt like that was the elephant in the room. It's missing from his resume, Did you feel sure. the nerves? Like, you could hear, yeah. like, the yeah. voice crack at the beginning. Sure. Like, I did. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can do sports talk in Atlanta yeah. on FM and HD1, mm-hmm. but can you do it next to a restroom and, on and HD2 and in St. No Louis? Kill yeah. Or on shelter. Right. I mean, I get you can talk NFL and NBA. Yeah. You ever talk XFL? Probably not. Thank you. MLS? I don't know that he no, does. They do get people there. But yeah, I don't know how well. much you just talked about. Okay. So take that. Jackson, what do you think? You, you probably, Chris Tamino was before your time. He was great. I love listening to him. Super personable. He was very nice when I called him. Uh, told him. When I put him on hold, he was just wonderful. And uh, 
Yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, this is what uh, this is what fall in the SEC is all about. Getting fired up for two, one top ranked team, the other right there in the 14 spot, 15 spot. This is what you look for, man. This is everything. This is what I want year in and year out. Uh, fantastic interview. Glad you had him on TMA rather than balloon party, so you could go longer. That's from Norfolk mm. State. It's a good point. Norfolk Steak. I apologize. Now what happens if Mizzou gets tub thumped on Saturday? We still, yeah, then you're seven and two. We still be enthusiastic the rest of the year, hoping they get a. Well, for a me personally, it, it drops off substantially, but not because I'm like angry. It's because I I, I look for championship hope. That's what I care about. Yeah. And bowls, I just don't really give a damn about. But I'd certainly be like, for example, if they lose on Saturday they most likely will be playing during our trivia night the following Saturday. If they win, they'll be playing at 2.30 against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think is most likely because they haven't officially announced the times yet, so they can exercise that six-day window with uh, Alabama playing LSU and Missouri playing Georgia. And I, I forgot that Ole Miss also has A&M on the off chance that uh, Jimbo Fisher can spring the upset on Lane Kiffin. Point being... If Missouri's not in the mix for a championship, it just doesn't. It For me, it isn't as important anymore. Oh, I'm yeah. still pulling for them, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have the level. And that's what I look forward to. And it doesn't happen all that often. It happened in 07. It really wasn't there in 08, even though they were SEC or Big 12 North champions. You knew that team wasn't good. They got beat by Oklahoma State. I went down to the game in Austin against Texas. They got blown the F off the field. And so you knew it wasn't happening, even though they were in the Big 12 championship against Bradford and what was a super high-powered Oklahoma offense. In 2010, a great team. I mean, that team beat the number one Oklahoma Sooners. It was undefeated going into October 30th at Nebraska. But they lost, and then they lost the next week to Texas Tech, and then that just kind of spiraled. And then they wound up losing to Iowa in uh, their bowl game. 2013, same thing as 2007. You had a real chance. 2014, kind of like 08. You didn't really have a chance. And I was there at that game against Alabama in Atlanta, and I'm like... Missouri doesn't have a chance in this thing, and I think the Alabama fans were kind of looking at it like Ohio State or Michigan will look at whoever they play from the Big Ten West this year. Point being, in all of these years, how many years in November as a Missouri fan do you have a, a chance at playing for a championship in at this point in the season? And the answer is it's incredibly rare. And so, you know, as a fan, I want to seize the moment and accept that I could be incredibly sad on on Saturday, but hey, it's fine. You know, as a Blues fan, we were incredibly sad for decades, and then you got 2019, and that that was your payoff. You will know? you cry if they lose? No, I didn't. Uh, Weep. I didn't play. I uh, I will. Uh, Best fallen. Jackson, I, I feel like ja- Jackson's 25. I mean, me at 25, we were working together, and I would get upset over a Cardinal loss in April. You know, things change with. Age it's, and children. It seems so important when you're young. <laughs> right. So darn important. I'm more likely to cry if they win than if they lose. How about that, Doug? You would cry if they win? I don't know, but I'm saying it would be more likely for me. God, I was present for the Cardinals winning the World Series in 06 and 11, and I didn't cry in 2019. I know a lot. I'm not mocking crying, by the way. And uh, in, the, in the Rams in uh, January of 2000. So if those didn't get me, I don't think... But this would be this this would be, you know. I realize Gabe and I kind of have a different view, and I was like, okay, well then you still got to be Tennessee, and then Tennessee becomes the biggest game. And I, I go, I guess it does from an important standpoint. Now it's bigger, but this is your chance to shock the world because it's Georgia. There, you're not shock. You, you're, you're not you're free rolling on Saturday essentially because nobody expects it. 
Mm-hmm. If you're if you're now number five, six, seven in the country, and you're hosting Tennessee, now it's like holy crap! Now you got it. Now you don't want to lose it. This is your chance to establish yourself by beating this team in their building, and you just don't get those opportunities all that often, especially when you're a great team as well, still playing for a championship. You want some stats to back up the uh, importance of this game? A couple little uh, nice little nuggets. Mm -hmm. Since the college football playoff has been established, an AP number one ranked team has never lost at home. Since 1992, AP number one ranked teams have a regular season home record of 207. So you're saying there's a chance. Exactly right. Yep, Mm -hmm. certainly. Uh, the last time Georgia lost at home in a non-COVID year was October 12th, 2019. Has a team ever had the goalpost ripped down by a road team? I road don't team think come so. on and beat a team at home? Unless there was some sort of riot. I feel like Miami, be, Miami, Florida, and their building feels like that could be possible. That would be humiliating. Usually underdogs, kind of like the Rams when they're playing at home in SoFi. Uh, who'd they lose to in October of 19? I'm trying to think. Want to take a guess? This Mizzou we're talking about again? This is Georgia. Georgia at home. Can we have initials, please, Jack? That would give it away. Mississippi State. No, sir. Damn. Well, that was a a Hail Mary plow. If you would have known that, I would have been like, holy crap. This team was unranked and came in uh, with a sub-500 record. Yeah, Mississippi State sounds good. Yeah, they beat the qualifications. I'll go Gamecocks? Nailed it. I don't know why I was thinking that. South Carolina beat them team. October 12th. Yeah, they came in 2-3 and three and then beat Georgia, who was ranked 4 at the time. Jeez, what the hell happened there? Jake Fromm threw three interceptions. That's the kind of crap that happened. I mean, for real, in Jackson, you did this, just like I went back and watched Missouri A&M, except you watched Missouri LSU, which happened this month, or last month. Mine happened 25 years ago. The Brady Cook pick in the second quarter just like that, the game turned. Otherwise, I'm telling you, LSU, they were yelling at each other, and they're like, crap, we have two losses. These guys are about to run us off the field. LSU probably would have lost another game after that, I think. Yep. Their season spirals. Yep, and that's not 10. Brady Cook's fault. This is not a Brady Cook take. I'm just saying that things can happen like that, just like eventually Connor Tolleson and the false start, which mm-hmm. may have likely cost them that game. Yeah. But I bet most college football fans, just to, if Missouri were to win it, or they're looking at betting it this weekend or scrolling down, they go, oh, they lost by 10 to LSU. But if you watch that game, that was not a 10-point game. You know what I mean? That was yeah, a pick fake six punt, at the they end. Win it. A fake punt, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing on that Georgia-South Carolina game. Georgia had 460 total yards of offense. South Carolina, 297. Yeah, you need weird things. to. It's like when Missouri beat Florida and Gainesville in 2014, and they had, like, I don't know, some ridiculously low amount of offense, but uh, I think Florida had a bunch of turnovers. There was a special teams touchdown or something. There's so many little things that can happen. Oh, yeah. Tip ball, fumble bounces your way. What do you call it, puck luck? Puck luck, yeah. Stripes makes a call that calls a a touchdown back or gives you one. There's so many X factors. So many plays, long game. Anything can happen. I just came up with that. Anything can happen. Remember that. I understand. On any given day, I just came up with it. On any given game, anything can happen. What about when at the NFL, any given Sunday? Well, Al Pacino. That would be effective. Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cammy Cammy DD had a great performance. There. She did. It was good. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a shame we're not all driving down and just putting up a table outside the stadium and just spit some red-hot takes before the game. Do a remote, just act like we're doing a show? Yeah. God, that'd be so good, just set up by, like, a pizza stand or, like, a hot dog vendor uh-huh. and just start <laughs> just the, the plugging things takes. in. Yeah. Get our extension cord taped down to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott's wrinkled ball sack, not his wife, asking if Mizzou wins, will there be tribbing? Uh... Well, as you can imagine, I'm always lobbying. I wonder how my wife's planning on handling this on Saturday. What time is that again? 2.30, Plowhawk. The tripping? Oh, that'll be great. They're talking about afterwards. Most oh, likely. Yeah. yeah, if there's a win. 6.30-ish. Yeah, I would guess. Yeah. Probably would need some libations. Yeah, but I mean, I wonder what she's planning on doing as far as, like, with the children. <laughs> children don't need to see this. Don't, usually people don't just high-five each other or... Hug each other after a big win? No, if you were, if you were a tri-delt at Missouri, you trib. Really? Yep. It'd be I think aw- it's in their bylaws, but I'll check. It'd be awesome if Anne-Marie surprised you in there into like a dump truck just waiting in the driveway <laughs> oh, just for you God, to drive around special. the block, honking the horn. Got the <laughs> she gets, I got to say, she gets into it, not to my level, but she gets into it. Good for her. I, I, I'll watch every, I'll, I'll watch as much as I can in the camper. <laughs> oh, how are you going to watch in the camper? Depend. Johnson Shuddens, they have Wi-Fi? I think so. Not in the middle I of the doubt woods. it. I doubt it. Oh, give a take on Sunday then. So you won't be able to watch it. I will not. I will not. It's fine, though. It'll be fun taking the dogs out. But, yeah, that's a tough game to miss because I'm so invested in just the demise of Drankowitz. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really want to see Mizzou win. What are you going to do with Johnson Shuddens? I don't know. Hour. We're going to go hiking. Uh, got some. I'm going to go to Crondelet Park, pick up some firewood, um, kind of just hang out. They just give you firewood at Crondelet Park? They do Park? like the free firewood mulch pickup area. Or trees that have fallen down there? Yeah, they just cut down trees. And it's a good service to have. Casey Notan says he plans on playing Tuck Tuck Goose and looking to scissor when they get the W. Tuck Tuck Goose. <laughs> and then scissor? Can gentlemen scissor? I guess if they play Tuck Tuck. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh. Anything that messes up or shakes up, I guess, the playoff system, I'm all for it. And I think Mizzou beating Georgia, that first domino the next few weeks that could happen, the really just Oklahoma create chaos. Oklahoma started it with Kansas. I guess you're right on that, yeah. Because now the Big 12 might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, that that's a good point. So, yeah, I think this one is a huge well, Steve Sarkeesian's one. already in campaign mode. He was already saying there's no better win in the country this year than ours at Alabama. And he may be right. That's probably yeah. And they only have a four-point loss to Oklahoma. Texas is, is definitely alive. Uh, they'll be put to the test. It'd be great for Missouri if K-State beats Texas. But my, 
thought process is Missouri controls its own destiny. They just have to pull off, you know, what would be a college football miracle. Uh, you are welcome to get involved on the program. Many have chosen to do so by texting in the EDF group, text inbox 314-881-TMA5. Uh, you can email in for our design air, heating and cooling email today, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. And, of course, call in 636-9004-TMA. Doug, tell me about your hair because I see the hairline forming and I am jelly AF. Yeah, wisp of tufts. Wisps of tufts is what they call Tufts, I guess it's tufts of a tuft of whips. Wow. Well, what what's growing on my head? Tufts of whips. Tufts, I feel, and it's all uh, thanks to St. Louis Hair Restoration. They will do you right there if you've got uh, problems with your hair, if you're not happy with the hairline or the back of your hair or whatever. Do something about it. Don't just sit there and, and weep. Do something about it. We've got a great resource right here in town. Dr. Polenga and the founder of the company, Greg Kreiling, are patients of their own product. They believe in it. Because it works so well. Dr. Polinga has done this for many years, and he is outstanding. First, you'll go in for a consultation with Greg and Dr. Polinga, and that's more educational than anything else. They truly want you to understand how it works, why it works, and the differences in the techniques that are out there. And their main goal is to guide you in the right direction to make the best decision for yourself. For me, it was the FUE procedure where I had whiffs of tufts <laughs> transplanted. From the side of my head to the top of my head. And look at me now. Look There's at a me. hairline there. Yeah. And, and Jackson did something different. What would you do, Jackson? Yeah, they gave me the finasteride that I take every morning. And then I wear this laser cap at night. Super easy to do. All in all, the process takes combined uh, six minutes and ten seconds. And so that's all I'm doing every day to help regrowth my hair. And now I'm in tough town. <laughs> tough town. Uh, and that's all thanks to our good friends over at St. Louis Hair Restoration. There it is, St. Louis Hair Restoration, a wonderful sponsor of this program, and we welcome you to get involved by texting and calling in and, of course, emailing Design Air Heating and Cooling Email of the Day, which comes your way at 945. Jackson and I will head down the hallway, and what do we have coming up on uh, Balloon Party? Presented by Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota on 101 ESPN. Yeah, really glad you asked, Tim. We have a uh, thoroughfare Thursday where anything and all is welcome. Uh, listeners can get involved and suggest topics. I got myself a little little piddles half and half that's uh, just chock full of fun little news and nuggets and discussion points. So, uh, you know, that's the fun thing about Thoroughfare Thursdays. You never know what you're going to get, but you know that... uh, we are looking to provide the best possible entertainment for those listening. Nice, Doug. Thoroughfare Thursday coming up. It just seems like he's giving himself a wide berth to have nothing prepared. That's a serious charge. Yeah. Want me to, like, write out a script? Well, an outline of some sort. I thought you hated outlines. Well, I, I don't like... Yeah, like when I say Roman numeral one, you yeah. go... A, I got this, and B, I got that I don't need. But some sort of written outline would be fabulous. Uh, we've got some, uh, this, how about this? We could have a situation developing with Live Golf. Oh, this is great. And what is it? one of the biggest names in the game, and it's happening as we speak. What does it mean? We will tell you on the other side of the break. I just got better at teasing. I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. Brown and Crouppen said, hey, get better at teasing. I said, okay, I'll do. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll close out our 8 o'clock hour. We'll come back with that story and our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. This is TMA presented by Brown and Crouppen from the McLovel Ultra Studios.